You're listening to Red Nation Online. Saturday, September 19th, it's J.C. Plunk, I'm Ian Clark, and in Vanny we trust as the Reds beat the Colorado Rapids 3-1 at BMO Field. It was another Jovinko masterclass that was not undone by defending or hurricane force weather. We run through the match, discuss the MLS MVP race, the state of TFC, what will constitute success on the season, and where Greg Vanny fits in all that, and then look ahead to the final games in 2015. All that and more on the next 40 minutes on Eastside Stand Up. But he was and losing his shit at the ref. That was I, the starting point. Oh, then he was losing his shit at Vanny. Oh, really? He was yelling towards the sideline. He did not want to come up. They, they, they put his number up on board, and he's, he yelled at the sideline and turned around and walked in the other rec- direction. Yeah. And Perky had to wrangle him to get to the sideline. Yeah. And then, uh, so he went to the bench and, you know, put his head down. And then the final whistle, he ran to the locker room. Like, ran down the tunnel. Like, no, no coming out. You think that was Vanny? You think that was the ref? Uh, both. Yeah. Like, he was very awesome. There was a couple of plays during this because game that were atrocious. At, like, when he was called a foul, when he was getting, like, horse tackled, basically. Like, yeah. wrangled from his neck, and somehow the foul went against him, and that one really threw him off the edge. Because mm-hmm. there was a few. And the, the league has been doing that, where they're, they're constantly fouling him. It's Hakaseba, right? And you keep, keep hacking at him, and he's not getting the calls that he should. No. And I find, You know what I find what happens is, through a game, they'll give him some calls, and then as it goes in the game, they stop giving him those calls, yeah. and they start calling it. When he's, like, dominating a game, like today, yeah. they stop giving him the benefit of the doubt. And calls that are clearly... Blatant. Uh, like, I can't remember who the defender was, Twenty, the big guy who was, like, 6'5". Yeah. And they were going jostling for the ball, and the foul goes against Jovinka. It made no sense whatsoever. And, and, and even if they're you know physical, I mean, it's, soccer is a it's not it's it's a contact sport. Oh, absolutely. So I, I'm, again, I don't see how between that that battle. Yeah. In what world Jovinko comes out as the one who, you know, who's yeah. doing the egregious part of the of the yeah. tackling or the battling or whatever? Um, I guess we should. Uh, as we've started on that point, we're at the Old York. Yeah. The Old York, a rare, a rare uh, podcast at the Old York. Fortunately for us, a little, a little anecdote or side, side note to this is the first time this podcast ever met to get launched was here. Oh, okay. And we got kicked out <laughs> because there was a harp concert going on. <laughs> of course. We got kicked out because thought we were, we were talking when the harp. <laughs> obviously, no talking during the harp concert, guys. <laughs> That should be. That should be. Uh, we didn't know that. That's we didn't know amazing. You can't talk during a harp concert. So we got kicked out. But 
we've kept coming over the years. So here and today, obviously, uh, the weather is not in our favor, so we're not outdoors. <laughs> the picnic benches and the, everything would be too wet. So I'm thinking back to uh, today. The, the, you know, there's a handful of games that you can draw from on a day like today. Um, 2010 Chicago Fire. Yeah. 4-1. I was hoping for one more goal so we could be like spot on another 4-1 win. Like the Houston game? Houston I think was one. Yeah. A couple. I think there's been more than yeah. one against Seattle. Yeah. Columbus. The one where Andrew uh, Weidman scored that goal like oh. in the dying seconds. That was a torrential downpour. Uh, LA Galaxy in Okay, I think that, it was that windy one where uh, scored that free kick. Uh, La Broca. La Broca. That was the Chicago yeah. Fire game. Oh, that was the one. Yeah, where yeah it was yeah. a cross and it yeah. just kept curling. And, and today was a day where the wind was like that. We were like, oh my gosh, if they rip one like that, it kept changing direction. It was yeah. It was like, what is going on? We could have seen that all over again. But uh, I think the starting point. Let's start. Let's start off pre-game, JC. The talk of the town and the talk of Toronto C has been these last week or last couple weeks and I think the pattern that has emerged as of Toronto FC being a team that can beat the worst teams but it seems like anyone with a pulse we're fucking terrible against I think and you know a lot of at home a lot or of, away a lot of the talk has been about Craig Vanny Vanny we trust um, but Vanny 2016 <laughs> yeah, yeah. like a political poster Vanny Proven leadership. Yeah, something like that. I So it's been 39 matches now he's been in charge. We've allowed 42 first half goals. That's a lot. Yeah. At some point, is it preparation? What is happening that we can't tip a clean, a clean sheet? I mean, the 5 nil against Orlando is the only one I can think of recently. Yeah. And Well, if I can interject, half, yeah. our defense sucks. I would say that I think our, we have we're defending and our, we don't have we don't have a marquee goalkeeper. No, Kunopka's a good shot stopper. He's, he's, he's not so good when he's coming out for the ball. Yeah, uh, as we saw today, that's where the goal came in. Um, I think we have a marquee goalkeeper in the wings. Uh, Alex Bono, right? I, I you still you still have faith in him. I still have he's faith had a in rough him. year. He's had a rough year. Yeah, he's started rough, but he's he's had he's I think he's I don't know I, I saw a couple of matches and he he seemed better. Uh, as the year went on, he's very young, and, and that's the thing is a lot of time keepers develop a little bit later, right? Yep. So I'm hoping that he's the one. But yeah, we did see a difference, right? When Cesar was in for a little bit. Yeah, night, it's night it's and day. day. Yeah. You used to have someone with some more excuses. I didn't mean to interject there because you were going on Toronto's record and the way they've been performing. No clean sheets, 42 first half goals. Yeah. So at, at some point, does that fall on Vanny? Um, like he was a defender, isn't that supposed to be a specialty? I because you were saying, oh, we're shit at defending. I think we have the right players, right? If you look at our, our, who's who's playing, like Perky, Polish international, like it's not it's not nothing. Uh, he's been good. Kintari has been better than I expected. Oh, he's, he's all right. Uh, Williams has actually been better than I expected because I thought, oh, like a New York City reject, like how's this going to be any good? But he's played. All right. I think Williams has been all right. I would say too. As, as for a depth center back, yeah, I like him a lot. Yeah, and I think to add to that, if I when I was looking before the game, if I think my numbers are right, four wins in the last fifteen, I think is what wow. we were at. Something similar to that. And then I someone uh, last week I think posted a quote from Vanny saying, 
Uh, you know, any I'm paraphrasing. Like any team can be good up till July. It's after July yeah. that is that determines if you're if you're in it or not, right. and whether or not teams gets found out. And it, that has sort of been the case a lot of times with Toronto FC. Where and it's funny. It seems to be always the years where there's like a World Cup or a Gold Cup. They're in a good position in and around both those tournaments. They come back from them. Not so much. And just can't pull it together. So for me, you know, before this game, of course, New York City FC was the other one. And that was where things really sort of fallen off the rails. And then you look at Colorado coming to town. A team, until, if I'm not mistaken, up until last year, not only had we, they never won at BMO Field, they've never even gotten a point at BMO Field. And then, of course, Ryan Nelson takes charge and they beat us. That was almost a guaranteed three points every single time. I know. And people were saying, oh, like they're in last place in the West. But they were just three points behind us. They've been playing better. Yeah, they've been playing, but they've been playing so, better. Yeah. And so it's not like um, last, last place in the West is still a pretty good team. Yeah. So it's not like we beat some minnow. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people could be last place in the West. In the yeah. West. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Seattle's struggling in the West this season. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't put a lot of too much stock in that. It's a much tougher division than what we're sitting in, right? Obviously. Um, so if we and if we look into this game, I guess the the questions that we're heading into it um, through the last two games, there were a lot of discussion about formation and tactics, um, the players that Vanny was relying on. Um, there's been there's been one glaring hole all year. We don't have a right back. Right when injuries happened, and all of a sudden, Mark Bloom, like from right? the start, right? right? Like Mark Bloom's so, never been available. So we got Williams to play right back, but he's been playing mostly center back. And so what? What you're left with is, you know, trying different players. So Warner's come in now. Delgado's had last couple of matches, and I love Marky Delgado. Yeah. When he has the ball, like he does great things. Uh, he's young. He's going to progress, but he's not a right back. Thanks. And so, where does that really? That, that's not, I think that's the big hole. So that that is going to impact your defense. Yeah. And then of course we didn't have Kentari as well. And banned for uh, I don't know some phantom call against Ling Yuan. Yeah, I didn't think I I was looking on Twitter and people were saying it was egregious. And the more I watched them, I'm like, I think it's just it's something that happens in the run of play. You know, it didn't look like it was something that was lined up from like 20 yards away. Yeah. It's not the, the Steven Gerrard flying elbow to the back of the head. It's nothing like that. And it also, Chris Morgan on Ian Hume. Like, it was nothing like that. You know what I mean? Also, shouldn't who you hit make a difference? Lee Yuan, like, he deserves... If anybody gets, just gets smacked in the head, that big it does. Like, he's just, <laughs> just a terrible human being. Yeah. Um, so, we... Obviously, Kanaka's back in goal. We got Delgado Williams, Perky, and Moro. That was, I think, was the most glaring thing for me of how this backline is going to hold up. I, I, I obviously, over the last couple months, have voiced a much different opinion towards uh, Damien Perky. Although today, I, I, I can't say too many bad things about him. Scored a goal. He looked pretty good for the most part. He looked uh, terrible against New York. And I think that's coming back to bad against New England, too. Own goal. Oh, that's, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. He up until like this game, he was pretty much kept his nose clean. But for me, through before these games, like good for one jaw-dropping mistake in my eyes. Almost every game, I just be like, what? Is mistimed headers all over the place. Like the guy can't time a bouncing ball. That's that's a big that's a big gripe I have against him for a guy who's a veteran. Yeah, and he is. Anyways, 
I don't want to go off on him today because he played a good game, and scored a goal. Cool. So, uh, and then we run through the midfield. You're wearing the shirt. Much respect. You're a classy guy. The French, you know, aged to perfection, like a bottle of red. <laughs> red Moshe Rue. He. We need him. Oh, absolutely. When he's not on the on the, we if he doesn't play, we don't win. That's that's a guarantee. Um, he's much more important. He allows Bradley to go forward. He he protects that back line. He's so calm on the ball. Um, when City won the, their first title in England, it was you know Nigel Nigel De Young was that rock. It was like you don't have to worry about it. Like passing numbers are going to be fantastic. Um, he's, he's just a calming presence that you need, right? Just when you have a lot of young players. And I think, he, I think he's great. Yeah. Um, for, for Perky, I think when, when it was Perky and Zavaleta together, I think that's a great, I think, I, I think that's our best pairing. I, I've said it before, I, I, the, the defending that I like is honestly, Morgan left, Morrow at right. Zavaleta, if we want to go at what's looked the best, I would agree. It probably has been Zavaleta and Perky, but I would be willing to say, I would right now, I'd pick Kantari over Perky if you're going one and one and then bringing in like a Zavaleta or whatever, right? or, or Williams. But for me, the, I think the biggest, when the season's over and we can discuss that a little bit more is after, through the podcast, is finding that, that proper anchor to build that spine off of. I feel like Perky, Kantari, Williams, and our young guys would all benefit from that sort of veteran guy. You know, Nick Garcia. Or maybe like a, you know, Steve Caldwell three or four years ago. Right. That's kind of what I may be thinking of. Someone right. who's got that level of experience in the premiership and championship and has played 300 games. That's what I think this team is missing right now. Um, and that would also cover a lot of the, the goaltending questions that we've already put out there. Um, you know, you can get maybe get away. Like, I mean, Josh Saunders was the keeper for LA Galaxy at one point when they won an MLS Cup. Sure. Right? Like, a strong defense can, can cover up some holes. Sorry, I, I got upset because the commentator on Wednesday said, Josh Saunders is a proven winner. He has three MLS Cups, you know, with the San Jose and LA. Yeah, for two of those, he wasn't playing. So <laughs> let's settle down with proven winner. <laughs> like... Sure, he got 27 matches or whatever for the last LA one, but he's, he had zero appearances for San Jose when yeah. they won. That it doesn't make you a winner. It just makes you lucky to be on the bench. It just means you were there. You were there when it happened. Yeah, <laughs> you have zero impact. Like shut up. Yeah. So, and then of course we rounded off with Osorio, Bradley, Jovinko, and Altidore. And I don't know how much. I mean, uh, I guess I don't really get bored about talking about Jovinko. Um, it's nice. It's a nice thing as a Toronto season supporter to have the best player who's ever played in the league. Is that, is that like sometimes I wonder? You know, obviously we're here seeing him every week, and if we want to incorporate the MLS MVP watch that we've been doing for the last three months, it's still. And you're seeing stuff uh, again. I'm reading stuff on Twitter where they're saying, "Oh, TFC makes the playoffs." There's no question he's MVP. And I also maybe that's another question. I say playoffs yeah. or not? Playoffs or not? He's, I mean, if Toronto finishes just outside or they're one and done, I mean, the difference between him there and not is, like, not even close to the playoffs. Toronto is, is what, number one or number two in scoring? And Jovinko is responsible for something like 80% of the goals. <laughs> he's, he's third in assists. 
uh, it might be second now because he got one today right off the mm -hmm. corner. Mm -hmm. uh, he's one behind the league league in goals. He has 19 goals. Mm -hmm. um, he's going to be the all-time leading scorer by like May of next year. Yeah. Um, For so, Toronto FC. Yeah. So Diro who? Yeah. Yeah. And if we like, and, and I would say to incorporate the match into this, it's in a movie set. It's like it's not just. You know, he's not just like a predator or a goal poacher. No, that's it's not in the like right place. Kuvermans. Yeah, in the right place. is the best scoring record in the history of the team. Yeah. Because that's what he was, right? Yeah, because he was floating in around the yeah. 18. That first goal, Jovinko picks up the ball in our half. Yeah. And carries it all the way to like the 18. <laughs> gets, there's three guys around him. There's one marking him, but you can see there's three guys like that are sort of like in and around closing down. And takes the shot and it squirts under Irwin. One nil. <laughs> the, the the guy next to me yells out, "Somebody help him!" Like he's not going anywhere. And then he shoots it, and we're like, and then yeah, go hits the defender, keeper puts a hand on it, and it still squirts in. It's like mm, that's amazing. And he, the, the, it's the, also is like what he does with the ball is like no one's ever seen that. And when I say he's the best the league has ever seen, it's sure I'm biased, but. I saw a British newspaper say the same thing, and they said the only difference is, you know, a Beckham or a Keane have actually won titles. Mm -hmm. So, if you want to judge it that way, then maybe you, you can't give it to him yet. Yeah. But as far as talent-wise, yeah. like, like he's unbelievable. Yeah, and I, and I would almost say like some of the players, like if you swap them out, like I think Jovinko would perform like this almost on any team. Yeah. But I don't think if Benny Fellhaber came to Toronto FC, he would be performing like that. Or if or Kai Kamara came to Toronto, he right. would have 20 goals. I'm not sure. Like, Dominico Duro had 14 goals, came to Toronto, and didn't score a goal. Yeah. So, of course, he was missing his you know, right-wing pizza. But mm -hmm. That's right. Didn't have, is there Papa John's in Toronto? Yeah. 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 <laughs> there, right. there, is, there is one now. Yeah. But, yeah, he loves them because they don't like the gays. Or yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, to add to this, the statistics or the numbers that we're talking about is, of course, when Toronto scores first, it's just a different game, right? It's nine matches now that we've won when we score first. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's an important thing to recognize is that you can just see that when we get that first goal, I just, it, you know, the, the longer another team hangs in there, the more you think a garbage goal for them is going to come in and deflate the team. So in the 17th minute, you know, there's another guy that we've been talking about over the last month or so, and that's Osorio. And that second goal, you got to put a fair bit of credit on Osorio for that back heel. And he had more than one back heel this game. I mean, you can still love our back heel, out the door especially. But, yeah, yeah, but you can just, I, I mentioned it a few weeks ago where you just, you're getting, I'm getting that sense from Osorio that like, I mean, we've seen him do well. You can see him emerging. Like, I, I still wouldn't say a week in, week out, you know, proven 90-minute performer. But I feel like, like, if this team sticks together, like, next year, I think Osorio would be showing those kind of things more regularly. And he would and he would start playing even better. Yeah. I mean, that back heel was slick. And you can even see, like, uh, on the national team, right? Like, when he wasn't named to the last squad, people were questioning it, like, like that doesn't make sense, Osorio's really good. And so he's getting some recognition, and I think people are realizing, like... Came out and had a great game, too. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah, has got talent, and, and that's nice to see. And I think that's, and like, that's the thing, Osorio, Delgado... Like, 
on an individual basis, there's a lot of good talent. <clears throat> that just needs to get games. Yeah. And experience, right? Like they've all they're showing glimpses. I like Delgado too. He's not there yet, but with time, you know, he could be a solid one of those I you know, he might get better than that, but I mean just like the word, the less, the least you can ask for is a, a solid contributing week in week out MLS caliber player. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's not a liability on the pitch. You know, does more a Sam good Cronin than or you know a Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. And as how weird was it seeing seeing, seeing Sam Cronin today? I had no idea it was on that team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Until he got I, the I, yellow. Yeah, I looked it up and he's got the buzz cut right. So you're like, oh, this is the Cronin and Dylan Powers show through the middle. Um, yeah, I always, I always like Sam Cronin. Oh, he's one of the two or three TFC, forum TFC players I still like. So. Yeah. And then we're running through this first half. Again, it's all Jovinko. We even saw that incredible cross that he put into Alvador, who missed the, he missed the goal by like a foot. It was so close. That would have been the one. I mean, that yeah. was that was on a platter for him. And unfortunate for Alvador. Because I do, we'll see what happens next weekend. Because I do feel like it doesn't matter if it's a junk goal or whatever. I feel like Altador's play is intricate, is intricate, intricately, intricately connected. Do it just as goal tally, right? Like whether it's a header or a penalty kick or whatever. If he's got some goals going on, he's just playing better. He's just playing with more confidence. And if they're not coming, and he's just being a bit part. You see him kind of fade away, like he ends up being more in the background. It's not like he's having a bad season. He has ten goals. Yeah, which puts him there as one of the best seasons in TFC history. Yeah. Yet, even myself has been critical of him this season, right? Where you just expect it's just the I think it's is, the expectations of him he has, are misaligned. He has less than thirty shots, not not on target, just towards goal. Yeah. So that ratio. So his goal scoring ratio on that is amazing, but you'd want him to, to shoot a lot more, right? And I don't know if it's he's not getting the service or yet he has a first touch like a Mack truck. Like, is that the problem? Um, there were some comments on that today. Yeah. Holding up the ball. Yeah, it struggled a little bit. If he if he can do that, if he can get a you know a little more confidence there maybe or just turn and, and shoot. I think there'll be more goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just right now, if you're not shooting, you're not scoring, right? Yeah. And he's not shooting, so you're just not getting the opportunity. And the truth is, is that the heart of this team and, and the, most of the players are happening just behind him, right? Yeah. So when you have someone like Jovinko who's scoring goals from 20 yards out, anywhere from 18 to 30 yards out, you're a spectator. Yeah. You're you're not going to get those opportunities to pick up the loose balls or to swoop I thought, in. Uh, I thought it was interesting after the second goal. Uh, by Jovinko I felt like he stopped going for goal and he's like he was looking to get an assist he's like I'm just going to feed people constantly and he was really really trying hard yeah um, and I thought I was like okay that's interesting I don't know what the strategy is there but fine and then it comes off a corner kick yeah. which is another interesting thing is that for much of the season it's been Michael Bradley on the corner kick right and then Jovinko picks it up and uh, which is, I think, a lot of people probably thought. I mean, Jovinko's got a little bit more technique on set pieces, and he's five-five. So why isn't he taking them all the time? You would think, right? It was. Uh, I've seen it sometimes where 
Because in the beginning, I think he was taking them, and then Bradley, they did change, they switch a lot. And it seemed like they were using Javinko sort of like as a decoy to draw defenders away from the goal and maybe get the tall guys to get a little more space in there. Uh, so that could be part of the strategy. Uh, or do the short one and let Javinko kind of swing it in. But yeah, like, obviously, if Javinko's on the ball, then... Yeah. Good things happen. And the goal. I mean, that I have to, I have to tip my hat. Damien Perky. I guess that their goal. Good game for him. Atrocious defending. To get to let a guy come in and like just almost unmarked short, but like near post. Yikes. Yikes. Like puts it right in. And we're sitting there, three 0 in cruise control. However. We know how the game finishes off, but I mean, how much? I mean, how do you weigh in that Colorado in terms of any concerns? Um, I mean, that, it was terrible defending. I mean, Kanaka just just completely missed just missed everything. He missed it. I mean, he missed it. Mistimed it. Miss. You know, his positioning was off. Everything about that was off. But also just allowing. You know, you're in that cruise control, and then two minutes later, you, you get your opposition back in the game. Yeah. I, I was more concerned when, after that goal, Colorado came back and had another opportunity. And it's like, okay, now you need to settle down. Because another goal is bad. Like, you're not, now you're letting them in, and then momentum shifts. Uh, but on the actual goal... Uh, the consensus in the crowd where I was was right, you start right in front of you. Yeah, and it's it just Kanopka is not as good as Bendik, um, like going for it, right? Going going for the ball, right? Coming out of his net. He's a bit of a wild man. A bit of a wild man. But he's such a better shot stopper than Bendik that you know I'd rather have Captain Caveman in there than Listen. Bendik. Kurt Larson told me that Joe Bendick is the, one of the top shot stoppers in the league. Well, the stats say he's one of the worst in the history of the league. So um, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna trust the numbers on that, where his save percentage is one of the worst of all time, and that was before joining TFC. You've convinced me. Okay, so <laughs> moving on. We get the halftime. And the listener will have to excuse me if I have no notes for the second half. <laughs> because as if on cue that well not on cue, but we're getting through that halftime and I'm like, oh man, is this gonna is this weather gonna hold off? No sir. No it did not. And uh, that was some sideways cold, cold rain. It was cold too, that was the thing. It's like I'm shivering. So cold. Yeah. It's been a while since we've and right now it's a sunny day. Yeah. That's what sucks about the whole situation. But um it's been a while since we've had a game quite like that, I think. Am I, am was, I right? It, oh, yeah. Have we had that quite this year? Um, like the, It was cold the last game, last week, for some reason, but it wasn't raining. Um, or maybe it was a little bit, but it wasn't, not, not, it wasn't cold rain. It was hot rain, so it wasn't so bad. The, yeah, this has been a while, and I'm, 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 I'm thinking back to like the, the Dallas game in the Champions League. That's the, the one that comes to mind where yeah. it had to be called. I mean, that's that a couple was, years back. Yeah. That's the, that was, probably the, that was, I think that was the worst one. Uh, it was weird because the crowd was, was small to begin with. Yeah. Which I was surprised by. Because I don't look at the weather, so, like the weather report, so I didn't know why people were staying away. Because it seemed, <laughs> the weather was fine to me, right? And in the beginning. I said, why is, why is nobody here? What's going on? And somebody said, oh, it's because it's going to rain. It's like, eh, whatever. It always rains on game day. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then yeah, that happens. Like oh shit, that's cold. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't just. And that it, it get like the gust of wind too. And yeah, and when it goes when yeah. it goes to the bone. Yeah, it's tough to uh, it's tough to recuperate from that. But uh, I mean, second half aside, I mean, I got, the one thing I guess you could, I mean, the game didn't end. They didn't kind of just like walk through it. You know, Joe Vinko still had his moments. Uh, there was still some, you know, some still moments of action. Yeah, I think the issue was the refereeing was so funny. much worse in the second half. That's though. what I was getting. Yeah, it's, it's almost as if he had a mandate to kind of try to let Colorado back in, and Javinko kept getting fouled, but the but then the calls would go against him. Like he was the one doing the fouling, and it made no sense because it was blatant the other way, and. The guy has the guy has his his, his hand around Jovinko's neck, yeah. and Jovinko's getting called for a foul, and it just didn't make sense. And it was really really bizarre. Yeah, and even if even to show that like, no bias, there was a play right in front of, of our side in the northeast corner where uh, I'm not sure what player it was on Colorado, but uh, they were going him and Mora were going for a loose ball, shoulder to shoulder. So the Colorado guy shoulder checked him, and uh, he got called for a foul. And we saw some plays like that where it was like, you're. I mean, there's just like we said, it's a fucking contact sport. You're going to be shoulder to shoulder, and it's just, or even yeah. um, I'm trying to think of the Toronto player who did a slide tackle, got the ball first, yellow card, and and it's just, it's not so much that. Well, Luke Moore, same thing, got a yellow, right? For, yeah. And he he got all ball, and it was maybe a foot off the ground. But the, the defender's coming in and the defender's putting his head down. He's going to go for a header, a foot off the ground. So, so yeah, Moore gets close to his head, but doesn't make contact. Yeah. But how is that on Moore if the other guy is, is crouching, basically? Yeah. It's just, it's really always the inconsistency. Yeah. If you're going to be that way, do it. Yeah. If you're, if you're going to call these other things, then don't, right? But they're just fucking all over the place all the time it's very frustrating like you know Toledo's going to be shit from the get go so yeah Soren Stoika love that guy one of my favorites <laughs> there's some real doozies out there man yeah. that you see and you're like this game is this, this game will be decided by the referee yeah and like that one who I mean, loves Bradley yeah yeah and I mean oh yeah yeah Gantar yeah that's it Gantar yeah I mean there's just guys like that where you know, you kind of say, and today's a day. Today's a game where, you know, you you touch the first wood. First half, it seemed fine. Like you touch wood that the that I want to say the players. Come on, touch wood that Jovinko showed up to perform, and, and sort of took that. You know, the players have to take that element away, and that's unfortunate. If that's the case, right? And that's why. And then Jovinko got frustrated. And I think maybe that's part of okay, three games in in a week. You know, in seven days. And I think the frustration toward the referee is probably why he was subbed off. Yeah. But he was upset about it. I, I'm interested to hear his reaction. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who communicates with him a lot, so I'll, I'll get it from her. Oh. And when you go through a game like this, you know, you, you kind of, like for me, in the back of my mind, you know, you think about a player like Jovenko, who was having such a great year, making, you know, he's in the news, people know who he is, outside of North America, and he might sit there and be like, question, do I want to go back to Europe? And play in a top fight where the referee, like you know, I kind of wonder if it's if, more trouble than it's worth for him to stay here and just because put up, of the referee and put up with stuff like that. And you know, if we can segue out of the game <laughs> and talk about some of the things we talked about the week is, of course, Greg Vanny, and an issue, an issue that I think people, I mean, he's obviously 
you know, he's on, as after today, he's still stuck on eight lives, or nine lives, or whatever you want to say it, but, you know, the concern I had with Ryan Nelson, and the concern you have with Craig Vanny is that when you bring in these guys who are sort of international, European pedigree players, who played under very good coaches, and you come and put them in a guy with no experience, you know, are they kind of rolling their eyes? Are they sitting there being like, I'm not, you know, I'm playing well because I'm, I'm good, but I'm not going to get any better. In this situation, the coach makes a difference. Um, and we've sort of seen a few games through the year where it's like you kind of wonder, you know, Joe Vinko's looking over at the bench like, what the fuck is going on over there? It's also like former players that have had some success don't usually make good coaches. So stop with that. You know, Vinter, Precky, um, Nelson, Ravani. Maybe you get an actual coach, you know, like a you know, Bruce Arena or Bob Bradley. He's still up there. He's, isn't he like in Norway's second yeah. division or something? In the first, he's in the first, top flight okay, in Norway. Flight. Come on now. All right. But, you know, it's mean, still Norway. Like, I, I'd have him at TFC. Uh, not just because his son is there, but even if Michael Bradley wasn't here, I'd still want Bob Bradley as my coach. Yeah. He's a great coach. Yeah. And I'm wondering. Like to connect to keep this conversation going, and the things that you've heard, I'm sure we both heard people talking about, is where you know where Toronto's sitting right now, where they're jostling in the table, you know what constitutes success, right? What constitutes Vanny staying on? You know, obviously a lot of people are like, we can't just ditch him now. No, and, I, th- and I there think is, it's I think, a, I think it's a, at the end of the season it gets evaluated, and then the decision is made. Yeah, um, and that, and that I think. I think because of our history... And how much do you put on Bezbachenko? None of it. He's, uh, he's my None hero. None of it! Oh, you son of a bitch! <laughs> I guess it's the, good, the good thing is we have two um, diametrically opposed opinions. It makes the conversation interesting. I, as far as I'm concerned, he's the best thing to happen to TFC. Um, outside of Jimmy Coe, of course. But, yeah, no, I, I think he's made some great moves. I don't put, you know, the coaches... The, the pick of the coach on him. I don't think. I don't think he had a. I don't know if he even had a say in that. I feel like Vanny is Bezbachenko's guy. I think okay. that's his well, man. Then, then, his then, then that's a bit of a stain on him. And so then, then maybe Vanny will turn out to be a. Maybe he's a mad genius, and this is all part of a plan. <laughs> you love Vanny. Now all of a sudden, you wow, how, how quickly you turn, JC. Uh, no, I can't turn that much, but uh, maybe. <laughs> well, we'll see. Um, I think it's. It's, let me let me just so, let's just run through some so of this. Play, like, playoffs, obviously, right? That's that's like that has to happen. Now, what, but what if it's sixth place, sixth or fifth? We we get in at the wild card position, and they're one and done. So, one and done is a problem. I think you have to make it to. I think you have to at least have a home game. Yeah, what is that? Is that the quarterfinals? So that's yeah, the second round basically, right? Because if you're fifth or sixth, you go. It's one match. Away. Yeah. Uh, if you're third or fourth, it's one match at home. Yeah. So I think you have to, and then after that, the second round is home and away. So you have to have at least a home game, I think, for for any chance for him to stay. Yeah. I think if there's no home game, I think he's gone. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, and then it, I, then it depends, right? Kind of like what's good, like how how it goes, how how. What is the result? Like, if you get blown out, then... I think that makes a difference, too, is how they perform. Because we've seen such a... 
you know, such a wild swing in performances yeah. through the summer of, again... That game in you know, LA, that game, yeah. The bottom teams, they seem to do okay against, but then anyone who seems to have a pulse or, like, really wants, really comes out with an approach or a strategy, we just can't seem to do anything against them. And anyone who has a bit of form, like, sometimes you get, like, uh, you know, New England wasn't necessarily a top team, but they've been playing so well recently, right? And, it's, and then you, cut, you catch them at the wrong time. Um, and for some reason, we can't beat NYCFC, which is, Crazy, pers- eh? is personally a problem because of my affiliations. Um, yeah. And yeah, I can't take that anymore. I'm going to punch people in the head soon. Intense, uh, eh? Oh, it's bad. It's really, really bad. Because I, you know, now I know people who work for the team, and yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we're in this situation also because of our history with coaches. Or I can't just fire Vanny. Yeah. Because at some point you need some stability, but it's like, fuck, I'm kind of stuck with this guy because I need I need to stick with him. Yeah. To stick with somebody, anybody at that yeah. point, right? Or else you're never going to get a good top coach because why would they? Because they know they're only going to be here for a year. Yeah. I mean, unless they're bored, like, unless they're bored and just want to be like, yeah, I'll be fine and get fired in a year. Yeah. Um, and so, I, so I, I'm not looking for Vanny to get fired. But I really wish he wasn't here. Yeah, and I, I would say, hmm, how would I think of it? But like, I thought I, the same I, way I'm, about I'm I didn't want Vinder to get fired. Either. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely of two minds. Where, especially coming off Ryan Nelson, who I really, really disliked. I really, he wasn't a coach though. Yeah. Like, he he'd been playing at the time he was signing. Yeah. Like, so and he, uh, to me, like, I just didn't think he was likable. If I could be honest, and and well, he got his he got his guys in right and kind of yeah. is hoping and, that they would perform. So I mean, the one thing I would say about Vanny is that you know you hear him talk, and that's I mean that's this could be a pro or a con, but he does talk, and you're kind of like he does seem to understand. But putting that into action is another thing. He talks about the kind of players that you want, this and that, and I'm wondering where the breakdown happens between you know you sign a guy like Sheru. And then for me, I know. I mean, I know you you kind of like them, but I'm like, man, that is a pretty significant drop off between a caliber Sheru and like Perky, Kantari, Williams, etc. It's like if we could find a defender who's got that experience and pedigree of a Sheru, man, I'm sold. Like I'm on board that this is in going in the right direction. Um, I thought Perky could be. Well, he's old though, right? But and injury prone. And as we see this year, he's a bit of a madman, right? Like. <laughs> He's pretty intense. And uh, those are the things I'm sort of juggling through the end of the season and where we end up and what happens next. Um, you know, I think, yeah. Like, can we get, like, a Chad Marshall? And I, I'm not opposed to being, like, you know, who's out there? You know, And there are players in MLS who are, whether, you know, who have Chad Marshall, forever, yeah. Matt Baszler, who's the center back at um, DC United. I'm drawing a blank on. He used to play at Houston. Boswell? You know, Drew Moore is a decent center back. Like, there's just like sort of that ML- MLS, the MLS top MLS. half center. Kind of like Nick Garcia ten years ago. Yeah, before he came to Toronto FC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before he was old and decrepit and couldn't move he anymore. He couldn't hardly move and right? passed it back to the goalie but to the other team. Yeah. Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, so he was, you know, was I thought Adrian Siriu was going to be that guy. Had some good games and then didn't pan out. Yeah, it didn't pan out at all. So, 
I don't know, if we, if we head out of here, I mean, next weekend, obviously, the Chicago Fire. Looking forward to that. That should be a good one for and us. That should be payback, right? I mean, that was a game early in the season that was should have been a sure win, and we dropped those points, so we need to get them back. Yeah, and Chicago, I mean, it's like, yeah, we were in the midst of a seven-game road trip, the start of the season. Um, that road trip was still a success in my books, you know, three and four. But it was touch and go. Oh, uh, oh yeah, because we lost the first four, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, after, the, after the Vancouver game. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry yeah. So, yeah, I won the first and lost that next four, and then Chicago was part of that. Yeah, uh, I just want to beat Chicago. I, I dislike Chicago. Yeah. They're the worst. Um, I thought um, early on in the TFC history, I thought Chicago was going to be like our main rival, the team I was going to hate the most. Yeah. And of course, Columbus. You got Columbus? I, 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 you know who I really don't like? I really don't like Philadelphia. <laughs> That's a good one, too. Yeah. But like going to Columbus again this year and just like everyone there waving Confederate flags and they're just bad people. Mm. And oh, fuck Columbus. I hate them so much. Yeah. Well, I won't, uh, I won't uh, try to not convince you. So we look at him, we have Chicago, and then who's the next one? We have a midweek game after uh, Thanksgiving. Is it New York? The Red Bulls, right? I think it's the Red Bulls. Yeah, we have the Red Bulls coming. We have Montreal at the end of the season. There's four, yeah, there's five matches left, right? Four home night games and then, and then the, the last games after. Uh, Definitely uh, opportunity. After Chicago, Philly, New York, Columbus, Montreal. Yeah, Philadelphia, that's it. So, JC, let's leave it at that. Let's leave it at that. We'll uh, look ahead to the Chicago game. See what I happens. Think, I think out of these five, this five-game homestand, call it that, five home matches in a row, this was always going to be the make or break of a season. Yeah. Right after, that's when it was backloaded with home games, which is something we don't always get. I think we winning four out of five um, is, should be the goal. Yeah. And, and then you start and win. So, yeah. so it's a good start to that. The next four, you know, the, sure the Red Bulls one is difficult, but but Philly, Chicago, like you have to win those. So we start three zero on the homestand. I think that puts us in a really good spot. Yeah. I, I don't know that top two is still realistic to get the bye, but maybe a home game, maybe three or four, right? Yeah, I agree. Good analysis, JC. We'll leave it at that. So on Twitter, people can find you at JC underscore Plant with an E. And, and if, uh, when you're spinning records? Spinning records, uh, DJ Smuggy Bacon. I'll be spinning uh, tonight at uh, Opera Bob's Public House. Oh, right on. Every okay. Friday night at the lab on Brunswick. Two good spots. And, of course, you can catch me at Clark RNO or uh, email info or have your say over at We'll leave it at that, and we'll catch you guys uh, next weekend after struggling. Cheers. Thanks for listening. you to get involved reach out to us on twitter at red nation online or by email at info or have your say at rednationonline.ca get in touch with us let us know how you thought the team did agree disagree it doesn't matter also check out our other podcasts on red nation online from the black hole ours is the fury the footy roundup and our interview series thanks for listening and we'll catch you guys next time